Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I was telling George and Cherry just a moment ago in, in relation to Jerry, and we'll, we'll move on, we'll pray. But um, last Saturday afternoon, we were with our friends from Ecuador, and they took the children to, their children to the Children's Museum downtown. And we were sitting there, and Cindy and I were sitting because it was mobbed with kids. And we were sitting, and we had balked a lot anyway. All. And uh, she said, there's Jessica. And I went, Jessica? And she goes, yeah, our, our hair cutter. And I went, she, I, I ran out the door, and I said, ma'am, ma'am, are you Jessica? And she turned, and I knew it was. And she said, yes. And I said, do you remember me? And I looked at her. She looked at me, and she went, oh, my goodness. And about that time, Cindy came out. <clears throat> to make a long story short, this lady was into, uh, I think, Buddhism she, when she was younger. She's actually uh, 46 at the present time. And this was 25 years ago that she cut our hair. <clears throat> my, my daughters, my wife's, and my hair when I had hair. I did have hair. I wasn't born like this. I've been like this all my life. It's just <laughs> but uh, she was into all types of things, and she knew I was a minister at that time, and I talked to her and different things. <clears throat> and then as we didn't go to her and she was doing something else, later on Cindy felt burdened to pray for her over the years, 25 years now, and over that period of time. And so as we were talking outside the Children's Museum, she said... Um, she started talking about the Lord and about what's happening and her life and her relationship with the Jesus and, you know, that type of thing. And I went, we both were kind of like, whoa, something's changed here. And she told us, she said, well, I live on the north side. And she goes to a particular church, which I know the church and the particular doctrine that this church preaches. And uh, it was just exciting to know. Over those years, Cindy was prompted to pray for Jessica. I wasn't. And I'd pray with her, definitely. But Cindy had a burden for her all those years. And now the, that young lady is 46, is a Christian. Don't give up like Jerry said. We pray. That's been 25 years ago. And she was into all types of stuff at that time. She was a nice girl. She just was trying to find her way at that time of life. And uh, prayers brought her into the kingdom of God. The Lord's grace and mercy. Amen. Anything else? Let's pray. Father, bless you and praise you. And each one of these, we ask for healing today, strength, favor, direction. We pray you're covering these that are in need. We pray for Edna and Winnie and Joe. And thank you for Ellen. Thank you for Janet and Ralph being healed. We thank you, Lord, today for the mighty things you're doing in this church and in and through our lives. We thank you for Jacob. We pray for healing. We pray for healing for little Remy. And also for Jeremiah, we pray that in Jesus' name. We pray for Jim Nelson, continued healing. We pray for, for Dolores' eyes in the name of Jesus and pray for complete restoration. We thank you for family. Thank you for reunions. Thank you today for those that are traveling. Be with each and every one. Cover them. We pray for strength and favor for these that are asking for that favor in their jobs as they have, are. There are different things, dear Lord, we're approached with. Give us, Lord... Just let the, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, speak through us so that we will express that in the proper way in a Christ-like manner, dear Lord. I pray that for myself also. And we pray, dear Lord, today that you would touch each and every one. Uh, uh, little uh, Connie and Ronnie, and, and thank you for answering prayer for Jerry. Thank you for answering prayer for, uh, for Cindy and, and Jessica, Lord, and the Crook family. Cover them. And bless each and every one. We give you thanks, Lydia 
in, in what you're doing today. We just praise you. Thank you for testimony from Martha and others who have been healed. Mary, dear God, we give you praise. We pray for healing for each and every one of us. Let your healing power fill this place as we preach and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Anybody would like to read, I guess, maybe about the first nine verses and then maybe somebody else can... Uh, actually, somebody, if somebody would just read the first uh, six verses, we will, we will stop there. Verse, Luke chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 6. Anybody got it and you'd like to read it? It's one of my... I love this, the word. Martha? Yes. Yes. Uh, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, um, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and Traconitus and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and uh, Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went into the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low, the crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all mankind will seek God's salvation. Amen. Thank you. And you all know why I'm glad Martha read that because she read it perfectly. Trying to say all those names and everything, I mess it up real bad. Thank you, Martha. Martha's a teacher. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> I believe that we are in a, a time of preparing the way of the Lord. Let me just establish that to begin with. I'm not saying I know when Jesus is coming back. But we can prepare the way of the Lord in any move of what God does as far as the Spirit as He manifests His presence amongst us, as He comes and revives His church, as He awakens His church. I believe that we are in that time of preparation, and it's important to know that. And when we read here in this particular section of Luke, it says, The word of the Lord came to John. When God wants to strike a holy match and set His people on fire, that is the match He uses. The word of the Lord came. Businesses pick up. There's an atmosphere around us that changes, and, and things begin to change. Hearts begin to melt, begin again to repent. There's like the gift of repentance is poured out. When the word of the Lord comes, now, in this, this word actually is considered to be what's called the Rima Word of God and not necessarily the Logos. There's the Rima Word of God. The Rima Word of God is the revelation. You know, you've, I've read the scriptures before, and I'm sure you have too, and you've read a particular section, and you go, I, I've read this section before, but you read it again. And that particular time, it's like the words jump off the page. It's like it, it means something to us. It's like it touches your heart and you're going, that's never happened before. 
And that is really what's called the Rema Word of God or the Revelation. It's like the Spirit of the Lord takes that Word and it's alive and He, he just touches your heart with it. That's what we're talking about it today. And when we look through the Scriptures and how important it is, when the Word of the Lord came, things changed. And I want to give you several examples. First of all is uh, Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. In Genesis chapter 15, Abraham had just gone through a battle in which he rescued Lot. And he was discouraged because God's promise to him concerning his son had not come to pass. And since it wasn't happening, he began to take matters into his own hands. And and we know that story. In verse 3 of chapter 15 of Genesis, And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. You know, you think about it. You got any promises from the Lord? Hold on to them. Because at the right time, He will bring, obviously, the answer to what He has promised you. Every promise in the Word of God will be fulfilled at some time or other. God is doing that. He's working. That's why we're seeing healing also. I believe there's a movement of healing that we can pray for people, believe God. And God doesn't heal all the, all the time right at the beginning. And I don't understand all that. All I know is God says to ask me. God says to come to me. I am the great physician. And come to me and pray as I have instructed you to pray. Now, watch God light a new fire of hope in the mind of heart and heart of Abraham when he says here in Genesis 15, And then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. And he took him outside and he said this, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Isn't it wonderful that God encouraged Abraham? And God encourages us too. How many of you had encouragement this past week from the Lord? I have. Amen. I've been encouraged. Okay. And, and circumstances are not always like what I thought they might be or what I had kind of counted on. And life is certainly full of surprises. But every now and then you'll see God come along and he'll give you this encouragement. And it's like then the word of the Lord comes to you and quickens your heart and says, Hey, I can do it through you. You You're going to make it. Don't be discouraged. Keep going in this situation. And Abraham, you know, every time he went outside, he looked at the stars and he remembered what God had said. When the word of the Lord had come to Abraham here. Abraham believed the Lord, the Bible says, and it was credited to him as righteous. He believed. Abraham is, was saved. He's in heaven today because he believed God. And faith is strengthened when the word of the Lord comes. God hears us. That's why when I have sometimes when there's a, when prophecy, maybe a word, a prophecy, all that is is actually hearing God and then speaking forth what God has spoken to you. Word of knowledge. Sometimes a word of wisdom, the gifts of the Spirit. And God uses that to encourage us, to bless us. You're hearing from the Lord and you're speaking for it. Those things are powerful and we need to hang on to those things. Now, remember also in 1 Kings chapter 18. Listen to this. This is powerful. In verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 18, we're talking about Elijah. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab. And I'll send rain on the land. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, I will send rain. 
You remember how Elijah responded to that word? He confronted the prophets of Baal there on the mountain. Remember what happened? And he destroyed them. God poured down fire from heaven, burned up the sacrifice, lapped up the water, everything during that time. And he, was, uh, uh, he had the victory in God because he had heard, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah here. And in verse 4, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for the sound of an abundance of rain is on its way. Do you hear an abundance of rain? Is something stirring in your heart for uh, your, your family, for your community, for your church, for your nation? Is something stirring in your heart? Do you hear the rain? Do you hear it? Can you? You see, it takes the ears of faith to be able to hear that word. It, it takes faith to be able to believe no matter what circumstances you're in and no matter what things look like to you because that's faith. He doesn't reveal himself like that. That is believing God no matter what. And maybe it might be for your healing. It might be for uh, a deliverance. It may be something you're dealing with. It may be financial troubles. It might be anything. It can be. But have you heard the word of the Lord and who he is? That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And he owns it all. Now, what was happening at this time, he told Ahab to go up because he's basically saying it's getting ready to rain here. But actually, at this particular time, the, the ground was cracked and there wasn't a cloud in the sky at all. And so he needed to speak in faith. And speak, speaking in faith is not coming up with what I want God to say and then confessing it in some, such a way that he has to do it. I'm not a name it, claim it. I'm talking about hearing God and speaking forth what God has spoken to you. Okay? So that's a, that's a fine line in understanding that. But it's something when God, when you hear, then the word of the Lord came to me. Watch what happens. Things begin to change here. Obviously, it took faith because externally there wasn't anything happening. No clouds in the sky, nothing here. But Elijah had this in his heart. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. His response to the word of the Lord was not passive in any way. He began to go up and he began to intercede. And he began to pray here. And certainly here, uh, six times, remember what happened? He sent his servant out to see. Do you see any rain coming? He said, go out and look. And the servant came back six times and said, I don't see anything happening here. It's still dry out there, Elijah. It's still, I don't see any clouds in the sky. And Elijah continued to pray and continued to send his servant out there. And what happened on the seventh time? He said, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand at a distance here. And probably the servant was saying, I'm a little bit embarrassed here to say, man, that cloud's not very big. That's not very big at all, you know, but I'm going to go back and tell the prophet who he knew was a prophet because he had spoke the word of God. He knew the power of God upon Elijah's life at that time. And he came back and he said, yeah, I do see something coming. It's the the size of of a man's hand way in the distance there. Taking faith. You see faith in this situation. And you go, how does that apply to me today? Oh, he lived in Texas. I remember here, this was uh, some years ago, uh, they have, when I was in hospice, they would have nurses ride with me 
they'd take them around to patients' homes and, and I would introduce them and, and much as I could train them as far as what to do with hospice work and so forth. And we were in the Heights one day and I had a nurse with me. She had just been hired. And uh, we were, it was about lunchtime and she, uh, I pulled in to Popeye's on a Tuesday. Popeye's used to have on Tuesday two pieces of chicken for 99 cents. Now y'all know I'm hungry at around 12 o'clock. That's why I'm going to finish this thing real quick. <laughs> and so I pulled into Popeye's. And so I asked her, her name was Janelle. And I said, Janelle, you want to go in? She said, no, I've got my lunch right here. She said, go right on in and get, you, get it and, you know, and all. And I said, okay, it wasn't hot that day. So I said, I'll roll the windows down and all and we'll be okay. There wasn't a cloud in the sky that day. There was nothing, I'm telling you. And then I went in. I was standing in line for my two pieces of chicken for 99 cents. You can't beat it, can you? For 99 cents. And Janelle came in, and she pulled at me, and she said, Jim, Jim, she said, look outside. And I looked outside, and there was a gully washer taking place. She said, you better roll your windows up, or your, your car's going to float away. And I said, Janelle, there wasn't no cloud in the sky. And she said, you're right. She said, I don't know where it came from. But she, I ran outside and I got soaking wet and rolled my windows up. I'm telling you, this is what we're looking at as far as a move of God. You got to see it in your heart. And it may only be the size of a man's hand here. But Elijah didn't give up. I'm talking about persevering and trusting God, believing God. Because God wants souls saved and coming into the kingdom of God. We cannot continue on. God's saying he wants to light a fire in the church today to come and set us on fire, that we'll see opportunities to witness, that we'll see people around that we can pray for, whatever it may be. And this is when the word of the Lord comes to you. And when you believe in your heart, you won't be detoured because of anything. Nothing will stop you. The enemy cannot stop you. The faith-packed words of Elijah here. Go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. In other words, you're getting ready to be flooded out. Get your chariot. Get your Honda Accord and you better light up and get out of here because you're getting ready to be flooded out of here. And here it was. It hadn't even started raining at this time. He's saying, you know, he's saying these things will happen as we look. And the word of the Lord comes to us. It's the next thing here is listen to these stories. Oh, gosh. Isaiah 38, 4. And then the word of the Lord came to a lot. Uh, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father says, says, I've heard your prayer and seen your tears here. Go and tell. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says here. The word of the Lord. I've seen your tears here. You know, Hezekiah needed a healing. God healed him, and he gave him 15 more years. God restored him, because obviously Isaiah heard here the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is powerful. That's why when we talk about and we preach it, teach it, God's spirit is moving in this place right now, and he'll speak to every heart. And sometimes I think, you know, open your heart to the Lord. I heard a story recently, too, sometimes that, uh, and, and it's interesting because I know this to be true, is you'll be sitting beside somebody and, and that person in your life, you're going, God's touching, God's son is saying, speaking to me and all. And then the next person beside you is thinking about what they're going to have for lunch. God's saying, open your heart. 
Don't think about what you're going to have for lunch. Open your heart to Him and hear what the Lord says because when the Lord speaks, He changes you. He changes me. He changes the church. A powerful thing here. It's obviously, Jeremiah 1, 4, listen to this. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I was formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I had set you apart. Don't you believe? I believe that for every person in this place. Before you and before I were born, that he set us apart. And that's why when I've asked you and maybe encouraged you to pray each each day, Lord, I consecrate my life to you. In other words, Lord, I give my life to you today. I give my thought life. I give my words, my actions, my motives, what I look at, what I think, what I hear. I give my body as a living sacrifice. I consecrate my life to you this day and watch what God will do. You'll have resistance from the enemy because he doesn't want you to do that. He wants you, the world, to have a, a part of you anyway. You see, the devil never comes and just says, why don't you just give me full allegiance? And you go, no way I'm going to do that. But he takes a little bit of a time. There's a, just a little niche in your life. There's a little chink in your armor. Just a little thing. And he comes along, and then he begins to whittle away with that little place that we haven't surrendered to the Lord. I mentioned here couple weeks ago. I said, give the Lord your life. Come back to him and say, Lord, take my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord over my family, over my job, over my home, over my vehicles, over my finances, my bank account. Take it all, Lord. It is yours. Redo that. Rededicate your life every now and then. Obviously, anyone facing an impossible situation here, Jeremiah 32 says, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too difficult for me? Y'all have heard that. I love that verse. Is anything too hard for me? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. But you've got to have faith to see it. You've got to see that cloud in the sky. It's not raining yet. But I see that cloud, and I see it over the nation called the United States of America. I see that today. Will everybody receive this move of God? No. Will everybody accept Christ? No, I don't know. That's that's that mystery of the Lord and the gospel. But let me tell you, there is power. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for there's a power unto salvation. What? For all who believe. I'm not ashamed. I proclaim the word of God with boldness. I have a conviction in my heart that there's power, power in the word of God. We have to believe it in our hearts because the word of God has come to us. Obviously, are you baffled by life's experiences? In Jeremiah 33, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says, He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. We have two responsibilities. is to call it to the Lord. God says, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and unsearchable things that you would never, ever, ever understand. You want to change things. Call unto him. Call on him. Believe him. Jonah. Then the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. 
Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Aren't you glad that God comes to you a second time? Did you miss him the first time? He comes back. He's always ready. He comes back and he gives his life again and again and again. That song that I love is Reckless Love. And Reckless is this man, he, that the St. Corey Asbury, a young man. He's not saying that God's love is reckless in, in the way that we think of it. But he gives himself over and over and over and over again. In Luke chapter 15, he leaves the 99 sheep who are there, and he goes after the one who is strayed away from the fold, and he brings that sheep back on his shoulders. Isn't that great? And I've always proclaimed, I'm that one sheep that he left the 99 for and went after me and put me on his shoulders and brought me back. Hallelujah. That's who the reckless love of God. It's never ending. I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. He'll do anything. We'll just trust and obey. Just be there. Obviously, Jonah, a second time. Remember what happened in Nineveh? They had revival. Nineveh didn't, uh, Jonah didn't like Nineveh. He goes, they are a bunch of terrible people. We look at people and say, oh, they're those gangsters, those, those uh, people in gangs today, those who, who, I mean, they just, every word out of their mouth is, is foul language and, and their hatred and all this. Do you know who God goes after? He goes after them. We got to believe because the word of the Lord has come to you and me. We have the word of the Lord. Obviously, David always spoke about it, that he says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. I've hidden my, your word there. The love, Zechariah. I'm very zealous for, jealous for Zion. I'm burning with jealousy for her. And this is what the Lord says, I'll return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. And then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth. And the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. City of truth. Gospel. Sitting there on that hill. City of truth here. What we would say in one way or another is, is that, how can that be? I'm, I am a mess. And, and I don't feel like, is anything getting better here? Am, am I becoming more Christ-like? Because my life is full of stuff. And God, I know my imperfections. I know my failings. And I'm a mess. I'm just, I'm not in. And what's happening here? And you go, man, it's going to take a long time for me to be brought into that as a city of truth. What will accomplish it? You know what the Word of God says? The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. It's not your work. We partner with God. And we surrender our hearts to Him. But it's the work of God's Spirit in our life. Hallelujah. It's the work of God's Spirit. Coming in when we invite Him. You know, I went to bed praying last night that the Spirit of the Lord will change my heart. I got up this morning and began to ask Him to do these things in my life. Oh, I've, certainly He's blessed me with material things. But I'm talking about my walk with Jesus. He's blessed me in so many ways. I bet he's blessed you also, obviously. John had probably been on the backside of the desert there, so to speak, for about, obviously, uh, 10 years in preparation to usher in the presence of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. So he was prepared. It's going to take time. It's going to take perseverance here. 
And you know, the way the world says, the way to success in the world is to know the right people and move in the right circles. But the way to success in the kingdom of God is to be available to the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? Because I'm not running in the right circles. Well, I'm not saying anything about y'all. Y'all, y'all are a good circle to run in. <laughs> okay. But you get what I'm saying? How do we obviously do that? We make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit of God. That's it. Lord, I'm yours. And you're mine. And my life is yours. I'm no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. The precious blood of the Lamb. He's saying today, prepare ye the way for the Lord. He's getting ready. Are we ready? No. There's some things been spoken in our group about are we ready? Not ready. But the good thing about it is that God revealed that, I believe, because he's saying, but I am getting you ready. We're not there. But he said, I'm getting you ready, okay? And sometimes, and we'll go, well, how is that going to happen? Because it doesn't look like I'm anywhere near to being ready. Again, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. The Spirit of the Lord will begin to do this. And I'm told y'all, things are accelerating. What we've seen in Toronto, what we've seen uh, around the world, the shootings, the killings, and all the darkness rising up, I believe things are accelerating. And that means things are quickening. Be ready. Get ready. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So how do we get ready to prepare the way of the Lord? First of all, we've got to receive the word of God. Before anyone will prepare, that person's got to realize that certainly there's something to prepare for. Do you know there's something to prepare for? Do you know that there's something that he wants to do in and through your life to make ready you for the Lord and make a path for him? Just as spoken here as Martha read, every valley shall be filled and every mountain shall and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth and all flesh will see the salvation of God. That is far. We will, you know, I believe we're moving into that time. There's a movement around the world of young people coming to Jesus. There's a movement of young people in this church that are coming to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, when I have to pray over my three-year-old grandson because the enemy is tormenting him in and through the nighttime with nightmares then I know there's spiritual warfare. And the enemy says, I'm going to stop this younger generation from coming into the fullness of Christ because they are a powerhouse, I believe, getting ready to explode. I'm looking for it. Make way. Be prepared. The way of the Lord. He'll make it straight. He'll make it smooth. He's going to do this. This will be, and the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. That's good news because I'm going, Lord, I'm not ready. And I, don't, I really don't know. But anyway, you've got to know it's something to be prepared for, right? The second thing here is we've got to make the appropriate preparations for the coming of the Lord here. Um, we need to be ready, obviously. The Holy Spirit resides in every believer. So in a sense, he never leaves us. But there were times when God comes in on the scene for special purposes. Remember at Mount Sinai? Remember there crossing uh, the Jordan into the promised land? Remember the dedication of Solomon's temple there? Most certainly happened the day of Pentecost when uh, the tongues of fire came and fell upon the 120. It happened in the house of Cornelius. 
at, and at, at Philippi and Ephesus and Corinth. It happened in Argentina. It happened around these places throughout our country and around where moves of God's Spirit had been there. And the people that ushered in the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God, they were prepared. They'd been praying because what is the main way that we can prepare the way of the Lord is through prayer and meditation. Jerry talked about it in Sunday school this morning. What was it, Jerry said, about Billy Graham when he went into a city? What was done? He said, what method, what did they do? What method or whatever the word? He said, what did they do before they came in? He had a group of people come into the city a year ahead of time to begin for prayer for that crusade that would come in a year later. And you saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Prayer and meditation will usher in the presence of the Lord. We need to obviously prepare. And when we talk about this, it's a preparation of intimacy with Jesus like we've never known before. Don't you want to be intimate with the glorious man of God, Jesus Christ? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. I want to be so, I want to know him, you know? So what do you do? And you talk about, in a particular scripture here, in Luke chapter 3, verse 10, what then shall we do? And the crowd asked, John answered, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Anybody here got two tunics? What that means is garage sale. What that means is food pantry. What that means is individually, when God says you need to help this person or you need to give this away or whatever it may be, you respond and be obedient, whatever it is. It's happening today. Verse 12, tax collectors also came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what shall we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Dishonesty. We see dishonesty from the highest levels of our government like I've never seen before in my lifetime. I'm seeing a, a cesspool of sewage and corruption like I've never seen before in our highest forms of government. Why is that? It's because the, the enemy is beginning to counterfeit, thinking that people can say, well, if I lie long enough, then people are going to believe me. And see, that's a lie. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's truth. We need to be honest. Be true. Our word is our bond. Amen? When you give your word to somebody, then you keep your word, whatever it may be. Godliness with contentment is great gain, the Bible says. So here, we need to, obviously, have a house cleaning. Say, Lord, come in. Look at every part of my life. Corners, maybe you haven't allowed him to look in for a while. Come in. Get everything out of here that's not like you. Get it out. Preparing the way of the Lord. I'll close with this. In Isaiah 64, 1, the Bible says, O Lord, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And our prayer is, Lord, if you'll rend the heavens and come down, because I believe that God is raising up a generation that will steward the manifest presence of the Lord. I see young people in, in gatherings of worship that are on fire for Jesus. I see that today. I want to bless that in Jesus' name. I want to thank God for what he's doing today. Increase comes as I steward what I've been given. Last week, we talked about Jesus and the uh, five loaves, the barley loaves, the barley, actually, actually, that was cheaper type. It was cheaper than wheat. 
and then the two sardines, remember? And that's all he had. <laughs> and he said, you go feed them. <laughs> remember, Philip, Philip went, what? What are you talking about? We only got five loaves and two fishes. Do you see thousands of people out here? Are you blind, Jesus? And what did Jesus do? He went, get out of the way. Let me thank God for what he's given me. And he thanked the Lord. And then he began to break it and began to give it away. And all of them were fed. And then what, they have 12 baskets left over? Steward what you've got. And watch the increase come. Tithe to the church here. Not asking for money so that somebody can get paid. I'm talking about today. You want to be blessed? Then give it away as God directs you. I'm stingy with it. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself. Steward what you have. Be faithful. Give to the spiritual things. Give to the Lord there, whatever it may be. And, and God directs you. And watch God bless you. And watch God multiply in your life. An abundance that you want. You know, he says, if you tithe, he says, in Malachi, he says there, at the storehouses won't be able to even contain it. When I started tithing like that, we had trouble, and I would give the this and that, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, had to, I listened to the Lord and tried to do what he tells me to do. But I want to tell you, if there were miracles that took place, I didn't do it for that. I do it because it's all God's anyway. I'm still learning that. It's all God's. It's not mine. Increase will come. Mark 6 says, Everywhere he went, people were brought, and they were all made well. Obviously, possible you can host the Holy Spirit and influence all the people around us. They want to come under the umbrella. I call it an umbrella. And they want to be made whole. They'll come to you. But we've got to be willing to obey even when we don't understand. A lot of what God does, I do not cognitively understand it. And when God's Spirit begins to move, watch. You will not be able to understand it. It will be certainly not contrary to the Word of God, not adding to or taking away, but He may challenge our understanding of the Word of God. Because He's God, and I'm not. And neither are you. God is saying today, get ready for this. Usher in the presence of the Lord. Be willing to understand the power of the gospel is burning in you. We've got to have more of God. Miracles are an essential part of the gospel. And people today, if you know um, the French prime minister came, did anybody hear what he said? I don't know whether it was about our nation or if he was just talking about around the world. Probably around the world could apply to that. But what he said was, if you remember, in his speech... He said, people are fearful and afraid. Jesus said many times, he said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't be fearful. The devil uses fear. And he'll use it on you and, a, me and, you and me on a, in a heartbeat. Because he knows we're vulnerable. Fearful about what it happens as far as, are we going we gonna to go into a store and somebody's going to come in here and start shooting? You know, we're armed to the max here in Texas, aren't we? <laughs> Some people get lawyered up. We done got gunned up. <laughs> Amen. 
Fear is not of the Lord. It's of the devil. Don't be afraid. Thing closing. Treasure the Holy Spirit in your life. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. Same spirit. Treasure the Holy Spirit. Treasure relationship with him. And let me suggest something. Before you go to bed at night is, and you lay down and all and stuff, is turn your hearts to the Holy Spirit. Talk to him a little bit. Just intimacy, closeness, uh, speaking words of love and adoration for him. Every time when you begin to speak that, watch God, watch the Spirit of the Lord begin to manifest. I'm talking about the tangible manifestation. You can feel him. I've told y'all before I've been sitting on the couch and this has happened to me several times. And I was watching TV and it was like the Lord said, don't pay attention to that stuff. Turn that stuff off. So I'll turn it off and I'll sit there a moment. And the Spirit of the Lord, I'll turn my heart to the Spirit and a warmth will come over me. I can experience Him. Now, I'm not saying you have to follow anybody's you know, experience. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm saying this. He does something when you turn your heart to Him. You know, people, I like to, for people to, to say something nice to me. And I know you do also. You know, I know Cindy loves me to tell her that I love her. And, and I love her telling me that, I, that she loves me. You know, um, how much more does God love it when you tell him you love him? Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I'll get up in the morning and I'll say, Father, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Turn your heart to him. Treasure. You have the power of God within you. God's preparing us, and we're preparing the way of the Lord. We know we hear from the Word, and when the Word comes, things start happening. The Word of God, the living. The Bible says the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. It's living. Jesus spoke, and I want to share, just when Jesus spoke, we can speak into situations, circumstances, peace, because people today are fearful. And you can speak against that fear. You can speak against those things and speak peace because what's happening is as we are standing between heaven and earth here that his kingdom would come and his will be done on earth as is in heaven. We can speak for those things. We are in the gateway right there between heaven and earth to speak forth what Jesus has told us to speak and we can speak into situations peace. Do it. I was in a situation yesterday. A friend of mine's had a stroke and... And we're praying for his healing and all, and he's recovering. He's doing, he's doing better. And, and I, I, I heard some things happening and so forth. And I turned my head away, and I just began to pray. And then, Lord, I speak peace into this situation right now. I speak peace. Things totally turned around. The Holy Spirit changes the environment, doesn't he? He turn, changes the environment. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power of God within you. You and I should live within that resurrection power each and every day. It's very important. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And Lord, today we will say this right eternity of how much we love you. We adore you. We honor you. What an awesome God we have. What an awesome, wonderful, wonderful Lord. And we'll praise you throughout eternity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.